It finally kind of started bothering me and I was like thinking about it a lot. And the other night, Sarah and I were talking and I was like, you know what? I, I think it's the Smurfs theme song. (laughs) And I sure enough, pulled it up and the intro starts with this like weird ethereal start. And then it's like, that's what I've been humming for years. And yeah. I was never a big Smurfs fan as a kid. I think it was kind of big before my time. And so that wasn't a cartoon that I was keyed in on. It wasn't like X-Men or Spider-Man that were kind of right in the wheelhouse of my childhood or like Bobby's world. But Smurfs, I've been humming it for years. Is that better or worse than beep bop a doo beep bop a dee beep bop a dig it dig it dig it beep bop a dee which is not The Price is Right soundtrack uh, song it's the price is right song sung by dane cook and <laughs> uh yeah that no that's worse that's definitely worse i don't think there's anything wrong with humming the it's just kind of odd that that is like implanted in my brain as my go-to hum song i'll be cooking or just walking through the house i'm like yeah just start a little hum I apologize ahead of time because I am an allergy sufferer and the pollen count in Portland, Oregon currently is through the fucking roof. And so you're going to get some sniffles. You're going to get some coughs, but you're going to get some hockey here on the handsome hockey podcast (laughs) today. This is episode 80. I am Jake sitting here with I'm Evan. We're not talking about the whale today, folks. No, not currently Uh, off season. Not a whole lot happening. But uh, there's a lot happening in professional boys hockey. The boys of soon to be summer are uh, <laughs> are edging towards the uh, the Stanley Cup. The boys of Portland fake summer. Yeah, God, oh. we got okey doked. Yeah, we like, we got rickrolled. Yeah, it was like eighty over the weekend, seventy beautiful yesterday and today, just socked in rain. Yeah, today uh, reminded me of why i hate life and it's not even snowing on the fucking mountain yeah it like it'd be all better if i could go ski but uh no it's raining here and raining on the mountain sad take that (laughs) um do you do you think there's any connection between your listening to the national and your hatred of life no, because they are sad dads, and I am not a dad. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, for those who don't know, my favorite band in the whole entire world is the, and it's probably not even close. Uh, I'd say like the Deftones and Hot Water Music are probably two and three, and uh, the National has been my number one listened to band on Spotify. I think thirteen of the last fifteen years. Not to be confused with Mr. International, or sorry, Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dale. Uh, <laughs> the National is actually a good band to listen to when you have been recently fired. And since we have now hit the postseason of the NHL, a number of folks have been fired or have parted ways amicably. Um, people who didn't uh, part ways amicably 
basically everybody in the penguins front office <laughs> yeah uh they basically went in there and just blew up a bomb it, it, their front office is exploded you missed the playoffs with Sidney crosby and evgeny malkin and chris letang in the twilight of the careers and guess what you fired which is crazy because like we're on we're in a new world now like this is the first time that both sid and ovi have missed the playoffs since 2006 the year i graduated high school that's crazy I, I was mostly drinking in 2006. I was at Michigan. So yeah, I was mostly drinking. I, I was at least like drinking a little bit in high school. So I don't know. I wasn't even going to classes half the time. <laughs> how true, I have true big 10 student. God. How I have even a rec- I'm the worst Michigan graduate of all time. <laughs> Why? And that you don't work for a hedge fund. No, they're just embarrassed. <laughs> they're like, what did we really let this guy in? We could have let him go to Michigan State. That would have been funny because he doesn't like that school. But fuck. Yeah. Now we let him in and now he's an alumnus for the rest of his fucking life. You know who's an alumnus of the Calgary Flames? A lot of people. Yeah. Both their GM and coach Brad Treliving was made Brad Tredead. And uh, they sent Daryl Sutter back to the farm. Would it be Tredying? Yeah, Trakilled was the other joke I wanted to make. For going with like tense, though. Mm-hmm. It, it, I'm taking some. You're uh, taking some liberty. grammatical liberties. Here. Absolutely, okay. I'm not the English major. You know, I, I can I can do what I want. No, I, 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 I. You're just be happy. I should like don't put brackets around everything. There's that's the architecture. There is a like very very fine print on my uh, my diploma that says can make up words whenever the fuck he wants. <laughs> uh, and I know it's there. I don't know where my diploma is, but I know it's in the fine print on the bottom. Yeah, U of O promised me things on my diploma that just like didn't happen <laughs> because everything there is fake. But uh, speaking of everything is fake. The Blue Jackets fired a coach that no one's ever heard of. Brad Larson. Chad. I- Smith. It was the drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I was just like, what? What's a more fucking standard white male name? Hi, my name's Brad. What do you do, Brad? I talk about cars, whiskey, and brisket, and I coach hockey uh, on the weekends <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, um, that seems like maybe an interesting spot for somebody to go uh, this opening that the blue jackets have made way for um how about how much you want to bet they don't hire a coach until they figure out where they are in the draft lottery i think that's the smart move like i think you just you you want well it's monday right yeah yeah also you would have to really be on your horse to (laughs) hire a coach before then and i think that's maybe caught them in the ass a little bit with this like daryl sutter and brad for living thing too like they they won't hire sutter and like a hurry it was like overnight they brought him off the farm they like flagged down his tractor and were like hey you come coach yeah they like fine they waved a bible at him and he was (laughs) like i'm there i gotta give the good word to these young lads i gotta be a jackass to the children's yeah get off my lawn goal scoring nothing like mud stomping through the twilight career of jonathan huberdo to (laughs) get the old blood pumping 
Speaking of Twilight of Careers, Peter LaViolette will no longer be part of the Twilight of Alexander Ovechkin's career because he was LaViolette Go by the Capitals. We've got so many puns today. I got them. You, oh, yeah. You, you we, put some work into this. Went I to the pun store and I got a whole pack. Yeah, I went to the pun store and I am broke now. <laughs> Yeah, they're fucking expensive, man. Have you seen inflation on puns? Yeah, it's like worse than inflation on cereal. Have you tried to buy a box of cereal lately? No, it's I don't fucking do that. nuts. We're good Portlanders and only buy granola and musili. That's not surprising. I buy Cracklin Oat Bran because it's fucking delicious. And it's like $104 a box now. <laughs> Dallas Eakins also canned. Do we care about this? No. No, I mean... <laughs> I think this was bound to happen. Uh, they got a new GM yeah, uh, when, with Pat Verbeek in Anaheim, and they sucked. They were bad. I mean, they wanted to be bad, I think. They weren't as bad as they should have been. No, and but when you finish at the bottom of the league, literally the bottom of the league, generally somebody's got to fall on their sword if it's not their like first-year coaching. And uh, yeah, poor Dallas Eakins. Dismissed like he was on Dallas the show. Via con Dios. <laughs> well, bye. We're obviously going to see more of this. Uh, the fact that we've only seen a couple of coaches fired so far is kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, like everyone's talking about Gerard Gallant getting fired from his team that got bounced from the first round of the playoffs against a what turned out to be a pretty good New Jersey Devils team. And he's like, Bitch, please, <laughs> impressors. <laughs> <laughs> he he's he he's going as close to his full Boudreaux as he can. Right, like uh, we're gonna bounce away from the NHL just for a minute because the pretty much the rest of today uh, is is the uh, is the NHL and the rest of our lives for the next several months. We're gonna go to the O. The O stands for offensive behavior we're going to the o for the news of the day perhaps the niagara ice dogs um who were far and away the worst team in the ohl this year um have had their two players uh have had two players banned from the ohl and their gm has been suspended for two years after an investigation revealed that the players participated in serious violations of the player maltreatment policy and violated the OHL code of conduct. So they just took some ice dogs out back and put them down. Yeah, they went Mike Vick on them ice dogs. Wow. Uh, what this basically geez. is? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a, took a that second. was a delayed one. And uh, wow, uh, and uh, wow. <laughs> no, what they're saying here in couch language is they have been hazing teammates. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, it's especially a bummer when it's Landon Cato, your team captain and, uh, your starting goaltender, Josh Rosenzweig. Uh, that's a name. Yeah. I, I had to d spell check that one several times. I think um, that makes sense. Uh, Landon Cato soon to be of the Cato Institute, uh, or, or hanging out with Cato Kalen ah. in the back of OJ's Hummer or <laughs> now it's a Bronco. Fuck. Well, that joke, joke fell apart real quick. Anyways, good on you. OHL for laying the lumber down on these folks. Mm -hmm. This is something that, uh, especially kind of in the Ontario area, they're really trying to start like 
caressing out of the game. Yeah, the because hazing. they ignored it for so long. Yes. I mean, like, name a pair of things that are more iconic than Canadians and uh, ignoring suffering. President's trophies and not winning the Stanley Cup. Ooh, too soon. Yeah, too soon. Sorry, Boston friends. Uh, Niagara was also fined 100K. And remember, I said that they were the worst team by far in the OHL last year. Uh, they lost their first round pick in the next OHL draft. So ouch! That that's actually kind of a huge kick in the nuts, um, which is well earned and well deserved for allowing this sort of mistreatment of your players uh, by the team captain. And the GM has also been, uh, who's also the owner and the governor of the team, has been suspended for two years uh, for basically allowing this to happen or it happening under his watch. Uh, governor like of the province yes <laughs> he is ontario governor <laughs> i actually know his name but it's in the deep recesses of my brain right now and i just can't get just to leave it, it there yeah. it sounds like you don't really want to know it <laughs> it's a really good step in the right direction for the ohl to take this seriously yes and hockey in general and i mean the ohl in a lot of ways is kind of one of the like main spokes on the wheel of hockey especially in north america Mm -hmm. and so if you get a league that has as much cachet as the ohl starting to take this some this thing seriously the hazing the mistreatment of players then you've actually really got a good thing going right right uh they haven't gone so far as to ban fighting like the qmjhl has but uh yeah, some some of these junior leagues are starting to get a little bit smarter about how they treat their players because, well, a lot of these teams were shit shows and abuse factories for a really long time. And so, you know, obviously the allegations are bad and we don't know, you know, specifics. I don't think we have victim accounts, um, but that it's being taken seriously as you said is that's that's the novel thing here yeah it's a huge step in the right direction um also a huge step in the right direction and this is a huge pivot and i apologize but the like everything has been set right in the world usa women are number one once again usa it's been Uh, like three weeks or so since we last recorded and in that time hillary knight has almost single-handedly defeated canada uh (laughs) she she really dominated that i work metal game i work with a canadian guy and i told him that hillary knight is stronger than his entire country and he (laughs) is deeply offended by this uh this is uh, what we're referring to is the U.S. and Canada once more faced off in the gold medal game of the Women's World Cup of Hockey. Best on best that uh, Connor McDavid and the rest of the NHL can only wish for. And in the 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 final, uh, Hillary Knight had a she she had a she had a fucking game. Let's yeah. just say. She had a hat trick. Uh, hats were a plenty on the ice. It was funny because 
the the U.S. had this great momentum going, and then all these hats came down on the ice, and Abby Rock was skating around herself, picking up all the hats because she was like, "No, we got to keep this thing going." <laughs> and so she's picking up hats and throwing them into the benches, and like then lining up for the face off. Meanwhile, Hillary Knight scores a hat trick and just skates back to center ice and is like, "Okay, I'm ready for the face off <laughs> now." Uh, if Ken has more. Yeah, uh, if if you're into that sort of thing, I wrote a a quick kind of like emotional response to uh, to it. You can get that at handsomehockey.com. Uh, yeah, and you, uh, we you should call more attention to that. This is our first long form written piece. Uh, Jake is getting back to his English major roots and uh, putting some words out there, and I really enjoyed it. I've got one more in the hopper, and by the hopper, I mean my brain. Uh, <laughs> So I just happened to call my brain the hopper. Yeah. It uh, just it hops around way more than I wish. It's like the uh the Dish Network TV streaming <laughs> device. Um no, it, we uh yeah, if if you're into reading things about hockey, I uh, I did write a piece about Hillary Knight uh at handsomehockey.com. I think we posted it on our social medias and whatnot. Did uh, we? I think so. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's actually kind of a lot of fun. Uh, somebody told me that I was a hockey blogger the other day and mm. I was like, Oh, did they read the piece? That's fun. Okay. Now you're a blogger. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. podcaster, blogger, CEO, uh, CFO, like, and hockey, butt extraordinaire. <laughs> I, I, somebody made fun of me for having a hockey butt at work today. What? And I was like, I was like, you can't that doesn't hurt my feelings at all (laughs) also you have like one of the smallest butts on the team no i have a great butt actually that's not true that we need to do this ranking there needs to be like a a standard there because there's like people who are out of shape people who are kind of in shape and then people who are in shape Mm -hmm. and I don't want to know where I fall on that one. That, I don't that. want to know where I am either. <laughs> Anyways, getting back to the Women's World Cup. Uh, it was a super exciting game. Uh, the Canadians jumped out to a 1-0 lead, a 2-1 lead, and then I believe a 3-2 lead. Before. And then. The reckoning. Like, Hillary Knight was just like, you know what? I own the world. <laughs> like, this is my world. And I want all of the cups. All of your goals are belong to us. She... Uh, like just an absolutely fucking dominant performance from her scoring them every way possible. Yeah. I, I was absolutely, uh, blown away by just, and I've been watching Hillary Knight for years. So like, this is nothing new, but just like the, the, the humble way in which she scores goals. is just like, yes, I am the best player out here. Have a good night. <laughs> Yeah, she just kind of turned it on and called game. Yeah. Also, I I think I have a new favorite player in the women's pool for the U.S., uh, Haley Skimura. Oh. Uh, She's a terror. Yeah. She's everywhere. She is. Skimura, you alive? She is a ball of lightning and a stick. Like, (laughs) she's super fast. She's everywhere. She back checks and forechecks like a mother. Mm. She mightn't be a mother. I don't know. Um, Uh, it's weird when you're like a mother i was like wow this has a double meaning here <laughs> uh no Haley, like i i was blown away like i was able to watch 
only a couple of like I was out of town for the main for a big chunk of this tournament, but was able to watch the final. And yeah, Haley Skimura is definitely my favorite player in this pool now. She is a tyrant, and I absolutely love that game, that style of play. When I'm in my best shape, that's how I want to play. I don't always play, but like this, just like hard checking, hard pressing. Uh, always in your face and like capable of magic sort of player. I'm not in shape right now. So like we got to, that's, that's, that's a late in the season sort of Jake, (laughs) but, uh, but absolutely loved watching the, uh, the women play. And and if you don't watch the, the women's world or the women's world championship, I've been calling it world cup and I'm like apparently in soccer brain, but um, (laughs) if you don't watch the world women's world championship, you're really doing a disservice to your love of hockey. It's one of the most breathtaking spectacles in the sport. And without even like batting an eye, I will say, that the USA Canada women's rivalry is by far the best rivalry in all of hockey. Yeah. Like there, there's nothing that comes close to it. You're These like, teams hate oh, each other. Boston and Toronto. You're go fuck yourself. Like <laughs> USA Canada always play for championships. When was the last time Boston and, uh, and Toronto played for a championship? Like 1961. No, like they always play for championships. There's always huge things at stake and players from each team are married to each other. Like that's what I love. It's, like, it's fucking nuts. It's like a tale of two cities. Like it's like some French revolution style shit. Like we both hate you and we love you. It's the best of times and the best of times. <laughs> so someone that really needs to let the woman play Eddie Olchuk. He decided that he was going to mansplain a goal call after Leah Hextall had the goal on nationally televised Kraken broadcast to say, hey, hey, what do you say? It's the rookie when Matt Beneers scores uh, in an obvious nod to, as an obvious quotation of John Forslund, the Seattle broadcaster. So Eddie Olchuk decided to explain the joke. Oh, you should give John credit or something. And it's like any Seattle fan probably could have understood exactly what and who she was quoting. uh, Yet he felt it necessary to like correct his partner on air. And it was just this really awkward, ugly moment that I both am disappointed in Eddie Olchek for and kind of unsurprised that he's produced. If if Leah Hextall were a pony, he would have had more respect for her, but he would also have been <laughs> placing bets on her. So uh, no, yeah. I... The, I didn't think of it as mansplaining so much as it was just like this like horrible on air critique of Leah Hextall. And it's like, I mean, I think that it's, it's exactly mansplaining. Yeah, sure. Horrible on air critique of your women counterpart. Yeah. It was just like so unnecessary and cumbersome Mm -hmm. and you wanted to like just kind of cut his mic and like maybe whack him with a stick. I don't know. And I bet he regretted it the second it, fucking came out but still eddie Olchuk has been a shell of himself ever since he wasn't calling winning blackhawks games and uh i was sort of excited to see him with the crack and and he's been garbage so like whether or not you're a fan of leah hextall as an announcer or not and there are valid criticisms of her just kind of personal presence and and her her skill but this is not one of them. That was a great goal call. 
uh, yeah, and like was exciting. Like it, if you listen to it in this issue, it's like okay, that like, you did a good job, and that Eddie Olchuk needed to bring her down with his fucking whiny like oh your kids should learn how to play hockey according to my words style like was just lame yeah and it's one thing to be critical of leah hextall as an announcer whatever like sure like we can be critical of announcers all we want absolutely it's the because she's a woman aspect of it that is not acceptable absolutely and you know leah hextall is not my favorite broadcaster i I don't think she's great i think she's fine but i I don't Mm -hmm. think she's great i think she's done a really excellent job uh during the intermission interviews during the playoffs this year for espn yeah that is a strength Uh, for her she's she's been excellent with the she she asked uh i believe it was her asked uh alex petrangelo uh what he thought about the penalty that he oh, took yeah. at the end of the period. And he got spicy. And he as was fuck. like, he was like, Grr. and I was like, good question. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think she is a pretty good interviewer to, to contrast like Linda Cohn's style, which kind of reminds me of NPR. Like she's going to ask like a deep personal question at any like, moment. And it's like best friendy. Yeah. Like, okay, Linda Cohn, E60 is where you belong. Well, like, also, you need a, you need a documentary kind of, around you like and, it, and i will say this about linda cone though she is a huge hockey fan oh i like and, linda like, cone her and john buchagross are like the two people who suffered the most at espn without sure. any hockey coverage barry melrose doesn't have thoughts <laughs> so like let's not worry about him i find it hilarious that barry melrose is like nowhere to be seen now that espn is like finally covering hockey it's great like we don't have to trot sucks. this we don't have to trot this fucking animatronic guy out anymore and He's be like, terrible. hi, hi, I tried to ruin Steven Stamkos. I, I pretend to know things about hockey, <laughs> but it turns out I'm a dumbest. Yeah, actually, your um, coaching pedigree shows you do not know things about hockey. But uh, yeah, Barry Melrose, whatever. Um, <clears throat> uh, sticking with ESPN, though. Yeah, uh, P.K. Subban, who has been a shot in the arm for the ESPN broadcast. Yes. I so I'm I'm a little torn by this. Oh, absolutely. Um I think this was a a flub more than a actually bigoted remark. Right. Well, here's here's actually where where I'm I'm torn. Mhm. So P.K. Subban, uh, after watching the game one of the Leafs-Panthers series, which the Leafs lost, and as we watched before we started recording, they just lost game two as well, um, said that in order to compete with the Panthers, the Leafs needed to eat a Lizzo-sized lunch. And so on one side of the equation is that fat-phobic, fat-shaming absolutely there's definitely that element to it Mm -hmm. but on the other side of that equation like lizzo has been playing off that her entire career like Mm -hmm. she went to the met gala over the weekend and uh like i forget the name of the designer who was the honoree of the night and he he was like this big misogynistic like oh carl Carl lagerfeld yeah and so she wore like a dress that he would have loved and got a photo of herself eating french fries in the hotel uh, (laughs) kitchen and like so she's like and she looks nothing like 
mm-hmm. the women that Karl Lagerfeld would have wanted right. to the, photograph. The, he, I mean, he was like the thin spo guy. Yeah, he said women shouldn't have curves, which <laughs> wholeheartedly disagree. I mean, yeah, and also because he was like personally just feeding them cocaine by the boatload. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> if you've got a boatload of cocaine, you might as well share it with <laughs> friends. But at the same time, like, anyways, so like getting back to P.K. Subban, like, I feel like part of that is kind of like in Lizzo's wheelhouse, so to speak. Like right. he probably has thought of Lizzo as a snack. <laughs> um, so like, I, 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 I don't, I don't know if this comment was as bad as like the, the, the Twitter outburst made it out to be. It came off worse. It I think came, than yeah. he, it definitely came off worse than I think he intended. I would like to honestly, I would like to hear Lizzo's take on it. Uh, she's if, probably like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna play she, with another crystal flute." She, yeah, she's probably like, "I don't give a fuck about this." <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm too busy filming the Mandalorian. Yeah, and so I think that uh, I, 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 I don't know where I fall on the spectrum of like upset versus mm-hmm. like not upset. Right. On this. Or you know, and, and like. It, it's was a he, faux pas. It could have been delivered better. Yeah, and like Lizzo-sized lunch just like came off the tongue so easily. Yeah, and absolutely. it's like this is not the first time you've used that joke. Um, and to be fair, you know, a lunch to the, be fair, a lunch the size of any human, regardless of their size, is a large lunch. So like, a, but yeah, it definitely had a lot of kind of fat phobia woven into it yeah there's some negative connotations that didn't need to exist right i think there's a way to make a lizzo joke in there that isn't fat phobic maybe that i kind of i don't know because also why why are you talking about like the size of lunch <laughs> corresponding yeah, I, that's to also, the performance that's, of a hockey team. That is also very much in the back of my brain. Like, like what I, what does the size of somebody's lunch have to do yeah. with like so PK you have to Subban, like shit during the first intermission? Like PK Subban thinks that everyone should eat La Bamba in the middle of the day before yeah, like, you need a you need a burrito what? the size of your head. It it's a comment that didn't need to happen at all, and it's a real bummer because PK Subban is the only thing that's even remotely interesting about espn's hockey broadcasts yeah he has been an absolute shot in the arm for that crew that they needed it it was just like you would watch this really exciting game and then go to sleep watching chris chelios and mark messier they're fucking terrible (laughs) and messier is the problem or sorry not chelios is the problem messier is all right when it's him with suban chelios is just dickhead (laughs) he's he's not good or entertaining and he has nothing to add messier is at least adding things and kind of trying like he's kind of square but like yeah oh mark messier has like every hockey stick he's ever played with shoved up his ass (laughs) like it's it's painful to watch a human be that uncomfortable on air um which is funny because he's a yoga master yeah but like Steve Levy's trying his damnedest to yeah. like bring something out of Chris Chelios and Chris Chelios is just like, well, uh, when I was playing hockey, we were, we were tough. Cool. 
Yeah, and Messier like has kind of the same level, but at least he can he can get a little bit more out of it. But uh, he sucks yeah. too. <laughs> what I lo- thought it was funny it was like PK and Steve and Messier it did almost like an entire game where Chris Chelios just like disappeared. Like he, I don't know, must have been taking like a giant shit or something because they're like, we don't know where Chris is. Yeah. Good. And that was honestly and one of the more entertaining things about their broadcast was like, where's Chris? Yeah, it's so bad. And the the, the thing that we all hated was when he came back. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, PK is generally doing a good job, apart from kind of stepping in it. But yeah. uh, him and can... Ryan Callahan are actually fairly solid. Callahan's not bad. Oh, I believe Ryan Callahan is good. I mean, he's yeah. fucking he's a workhorse grinder. You know, I, I believe it. Yeah. PK might like slew foot him offset but you know whatever yeah you know who never slew foots Andrzej kopitar the man is a machine and also probably about to win uh the lady bing he is the first ever player to play 20 minutes a game in all 82 games while taking four or less penalty minutes that's nuts yeah that's crazy like especially to be the defensive engine of your team forward speaking like he could probably win the lady bing and also maybe be a finalist for the selkie the selkie like yeah uh, ain't nobody taking that from Bergie this year but yeah right but anza kopitar is absolutely going to win lady bing um they gave two other nice guys a shout out jack huge 99 points, six penalty minutes. Uh, the way he plays his game, it's not surprising. Like, that's why I kind of look at Anze Kopitar. It's like, Anze Kopitar is not unphysical. You know, he he's a two-way center. Jack Hughes is, he's a scorer. The same with Braden Point. I mean, he he flopped his way onto the list with 95 points and seven penalty minutes. Um, and also probably like, a bunch of uncalled embellishments, <laughs> but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, the thing that pisses me off is Maddie Beneers got snubbed. Maddie Beneers. He's one of 16 players ever, ever third in the last 32 years with 56 or more points and only two penalty minutes, two penalty minutes. Like, He's such a nice boy. He is such a nice boy. You can Just, tell You can tell he played hockey at Michigan. He's such a <laughs> nice boy. So for those of you wondering, uh, Anze Kopitar's four penalty minutes this year were both trips. One in two very disparately calendar-removed games. Um, <clears throat> and then... I have more penalty minutes than him in this season of ball hockey or (laughs) roller hockey or any hockey. And Maddie Beneers one penalty was interference. (laughs) Um, so obviously the way that NHL awards voters go, Maddie Beneers is going to win lady Bing next year, (laughs) but probably because he's shooing for the Calder. No, he'll get like 16 penalty minutes next year, and yeah. they'll be like, oh, no, can we still give it to him <laughs> for last year? He's really, really going off the cliff. Uh, that shades of like everyone wondering if they were going to give Adam Fantilli the Hobie Baker because he like 
committed a couple of penalties. Oh, he got in a fight. Yeah, okay, who cares? It's yeah. fucking hockey. Yeah, guess what? He won the Hobie Baker. Hockey player fought, yeah. Oh, <laughs> if he goes back to Michigan next year, it's going to be so steamy. That'll be crazy. Oh, man. Uh, it, it's the fucking Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's the best time of the year. The best time of the year. When like you basically get to watch hockey every night that you want to. Yeah, and and like... It happens at the same time as the NBA playoffs. What? And every year I think, who gives a fuck about the NBA? Right. Like, I'll maybe pay attention, like, once it gets deep into the NBA playoffs and it's more interesting. Basketball is so fucking boring. Yeah, except for when, like, Draymond Green's, like, kicking nuts and stuff. Draymond Green has been a piece of shit his entire life. Yeah, but I also... He's also such a good interview, so I love that duality. Yeah, yeah. Talk he, about the the whole boy. He uh, he's really great off the court and a fucking terrorist on it. Yeah, he should probably like somebody's gonna just drop him someday, and it's gonna be who great who like that's uh, the that's the question. Who? Charles Oakley. <laughs> Yeah, fucking, he's just going to come out of, out of the stands someday. Like just, Charles Oakley or Bill Lambier just like want this, like being like, oh, just sign me for one day. Bill Lambier is like getting interviewed for a documentary and then just like gets out of his chair and then like it like WWE cuts to like him running down. Hit the Draymond Green with it. the chair. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I. I appreciate and like Draymond Green would go down and Lambeer would lean over him and be like Larry Bird wouldn't have gone down anyways it's the fucking NHL playoffs uh fuck Draymond Green and the NBA and basketball in general uh it's really boring and shoes squeaking is annoying (laughs) anyways so we're in the second round of the uh the playoffs but we haven't recorded since the first start, first round started, so we're just going to kind of recap some shit. Real We've basically quick. been too busy watching hockey to like dedicate enough time to record this, and also our schedules have been uh, kind of as fucked up as the start of the uh, Edmonton and Vegas series. We're going to dive in with the Isles Canes. Uh, I don't think anybody thought the Islanders were going to win this series. I think a lot of people thought that. Uh, Sorokin could steal a couple games though. Yeah, and he really kind of didn't. Yeah. Maybe he stole one or some moments here and there, but the Canes were just that much better than the Isles. And Absolutely. he just didn't have that opportunity. Like maybe in the future he will be. But the problem is, um the Isles are old. They suck. And the Canes are injured, but still much better and faster. The there's no fun. In the New York Islanders. That's not true. Barzal's fun. But like he's. But he's he's his fun is corrupted by the shitty scheme that they play and like the boring ass shutdown hockey that they play. I like Anders Lee a lot, but Mm -hmm. I wish he was not playing for the New York Islanders. Yeah. Shit wins games. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I like the Islanders as a team and as like a cultural operation but uh as a man with a beard i disagree (laughs) now i like that they're you know they're the underdogs and and they're living on the the underdogs they have four stanley cups yeah back before we were born they're 
They're not the wild, <laughs> like or no, the sharks. That's true, but they are also Suck always in the uh, in the shadow of the Rangers. Yeah, and, well, and that's what City. happens when you're a New York City team and you make your color scheme orange and blue. <laughs> oh, and then they also, you know, had that failed move to Brooklyn, and then like decided that they were going to embrace Nassau again. And I don't know. I enjoyed that. But uh, I enjoyed that they failed and moved back to Nassau. That was great. Like, I'm sorry. If you want to call yourself the Islanders, be on the island. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, the Rangers being the like lone New York team that's in the city and not in New Jersey. But I digress. Something I enjoyed was that this was Requiem for Aho. Uh, Sebastian Aho and Sebastian Aho, each one each for the Islanders and Canes squared off in more ways than one they hit the shit out of each other like in game one it what, was awesome is this like when uh you're driving a subaru and you crash into another subaru it's like yes. subaru on subaru so crime. just driving in oregon it's aho on aho crime <laughs> yeah and the uh game one was christened with a sebastian aho carolina goal and uh then we had our huge hit in carolina let the Isles have one game, but they didn't really turn back in this series. Um, an awesome, awesome moment was Marty Natchez got flipped into the Isles bench. And he, he was like briefly sort of accepted as a guest there kind of between like, as he got up, he stood up like they, they didn't like hit him when he was on the ground. He stood up. He's kind of in between the end of the bench and the backup goalie. And then they're like, look at each other. Like, Oh, we, we have to like punch each other or something now. And so I was like, ah. <laughs> so Carolina ends up winning this series. Uh, they are into the, they are up 1 0 on the Devils in the second round. Ooh, spoiler alert. It was 4 1? 5 1. 5 1? Yeah. No, uh, no, I mean, sorry, the series. No. Oh, they won in five yeah. games or six games? Six, it was decisive. Six. Um, Zach Parise, who might be the oldest of the old men on the aisles, uh, has said that he is unsure about his future, but if he comes back, it'll be for the Islanders. And the rest of the league is like, thank Christ. <laughs> Isn't he? I mean, he's getting paid like the league minimum. You can't say he's like, oh, yeah, but like, bleh. like, what is he? He doesn't bring anything. I, anyways, Zach, yeah, Par- Zach Parise has been dead for like four years. Joe Pavelski, uh, died yeah he got murdered uh matt dumba in what is uh there's been a lot of debate and we're well past it now but i think it's a clean hit except for the fact that it was late yeah sure because that's the action the action that actually hurt joe pavelski was his own stick coming up and hitting him in the face and it was his head on the ice. well and then his head hitting the ice and so if the hit hadn't been late, he would have probably been able to protect himself better from it. I don't know if it in was necessary. I, I I think late's the wrong term because like he was a defenseman approaching an offenseman from the opposite direction. Like they're not, you know, there's no sooner hit there. It was unexpected. I think that's what you're going for. Like Pavelski had, very little reason to think he was going to get hit shoulder to shoulder incredibly hard 
at that point. Well, it's just think, not a generally a place you get hit as a forward. Well, I think it's late because he had he had already released the puck. Oh, okay, I see. It was late relative to puck possession. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I think it was in like finishing the check kind of. But well, yeah, it, yeah. It, it was it walks that border between and I saw a couple of articles. I didn't read them, but like that said, you know, if this hit is legal, maybe we need to de- redefine what is a legal hit in the NHL. And I kind of agree with I, that. Yeah, absolutely. Like a a hit that puts a uh, that concusses a man is probably a bad hit. Yeah, and I think it meets the definition of a rough. Like it was a hit. It was a legal hit that was more violent than it needed to be. Yeah, give him two minutes, and they gave him a five, which means you can review it. Then they reviewed it, and I think waved off that penalty. They waved off but that penalty. Gave it was like, oh, we know they need something, and so they gave a two to like the scrum afterwards. Yeah. Like it was a very much like a game management two minutes because they felt like something needed to be penalized, and it did a yeah, and and that's the thing is like. If something needed to penalize, penalize the actual action. Agreed. But like, you know, NHL refs and the player safety, like they're 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 not or the Department of Player Safety, they're they're all over the place. So Yeah. That's I mean, all of these are themes that will <coughs> recur in this episode and probably as we continue to move forward through the playoffs, is a spin the fucking wheel of penalties and justice because officiating is all over the place. And then the department of player unsafety is um, very random with how they are using their jump to conclusions, Matt. Yeah. We'll get to Michael bunting later. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Uh, They, they certainly bunted him. That's for sure. uh, Needless to say, uh, Dallas ends up winning this series uh, rather convincingly. I think Uh, Minnesota, uh, just didn't have the, uh, if we're going to make a Dallas joke, horses to <laughs> uh, compete in this. and They weren't corn. They didn't have the juice. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a bummer anytime the rightful owner of the North Stars, of the Stars, loses to the Stars. Yeah, that was uh, definitely a thing, was new Minnesota versus old Minnesota. Uh, you could just see the ghost of Mike Madano from... Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Um, Thought he became a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do still love the idea that like Mike Madano growing up in Michigan knew about Gordon Bombay, but um, yeah, before right. the internet. That would make for a great, like, I don't know, side universe or something. Some fan fiction. Yeah, we. Uh, I'll write it. <laughs> uh they're they're pen pals um <laughs> and they send each other their stat their score sheets anyway they had um, like they had like a, a you know sort of not quite gay but like cuddly moment at a uh some tournament yeah some tournament they like ended up on top of each other and they were like oh there's like heavy breathing and yeah. you know you're wearing cups, so you can't do something about erections. Yeah, but, you're, you know. they're just like visors pressed together, and they're like, "Should we kiss?" And like the visors cloud. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, the Edmonton Edmonton Oilers and the Kings played in the first round, and um, I, I think we got what we expected. Yeah, the Kings uh, did a pretty decent Kings, showing of it. Yeah. Um, but 
I forget which of the people on the athletic said it. Like the the Edmonton is functionally a roller hockey team. Oh, one hundred percent. They're just they're going to score more goals. They're than you. all offense. Yeah, all offense, no defense, all gas, no breaks. I wish they were our roller hockey team. Fuck. <laughs> the Kings did a pretty damn good job, I think, and everyone got the moment that they yelled about whether the dress was blue or gold uh, when there was a puck in the corner that may or may not have been touched near the apex of its trajectory by a stick. Um, I thought it was pretty conclusively touched, but Toronto disagreed with me and said, yeah, that it's inconclusive. Um, player goes on to score a goal. You know, it just the shit that happens in the playoffs, whatever. Um, Will Farrell had some awesome face paint at the Kings game. Yeah, good for him. You like, know, he's he looked like a, a chessboard, and um, it's nice to see the celeb fans come out. It's no Jack Nicholson at a Lakers game, but he's no John Hamm coming out to support a player from his old from from his old team. Like that that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, We'll we'll get to that in a bit, but um, needless to say, Edmonton did end up beating the Kings in six, I believe, um, and it was a good series. It was uh, it was exciting. Uh, the Kings had, I think, a really good showing, and they have a lot to build off of. Yeah, um, I, they did most of that without Kevin Fiala. Um, Be interesting to see like how they would have done if that was involving Jonathan Quick, because. Eunice Corpusala was uh, okay. And I wanted a Vegas Kings series so bad. I know. The, the Jonathan Quick revenge tour. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's just probably never going to play. But Anyways, yeah. Edmonton moves on. Rangers, Devils. Really a, a, a great series. A classic series. Seven games. Uh, the home team never won. <laughs> yeah, which is outlandish. No, um, no, that's not true. The Devils won Game Seven. I know that was hyperbole. <laughs> no, but God, I, I'm off my game today. Fucking allergies. <laughs> yeah, the Rangers got a big road win to start off. They made the Devils look like they just like weren't ready for class, and uh, then the Devils like got back at them at MSG and started to look like the faster, better team. I mean, this is going to be the the way the Devils wins their speed and they just wear you the fuck out and you know they may not beat you game one game two they're not super physical they don't beat you down they just make you chase and then they next thing you know they're spending 75 percent of the game in your offensive zone notable late in the series again we had a huge controversial devastating hit in which Jacob Truba murdered T Timo Meyer and then he murdered Pumbaa after that. But yeah, it, this one is a little bit cleaner in that Timo Meyer puts his head down and puts himself headfirst into a position where he should expect to face an open ice hit and he faced one. Um, boy, did he face one because yeah. Truba in the process of, throwing a decently low enough check 
just gets all of his fucking head. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're definitely, if the NHL wants to survive as a game, you know, we're moving towards and appreciably. So like we're moving towards a less, a, a lower threshold for contact in contact sports. Yeah. And, and one that favors player longevity and like, yeah, you know, not being crippled in old age. Yeah, like being able to walk when you're 60, mm-hmm. probably a good thing, right? Yeah, isn't that right, Dick Butkus? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> um, and so, you know, if that is a clean hit, I, I could see the NHL kind of coming around on this, probably not this year, but maybe in the next couple of years and be like, you know. Head contact of any kind. Head contact of any kind. Yeah, you're done. Like, take a seat for a couple games. Or even was he even penalized in the play? I don't remember actually. Um, I don't think he was. I could be mistaken, but I like you know even even fucking penalties, penalties and suspensions that will make any activity you don't want in the game go out of the game. I mean, you look at any any hockey highlight from the nineties, and someone is hooking like hooking all the fucking day people just go going water skiing on forwards in the offensive zone and that's no longer in the game so we shouldn't act like there aren't things we can get rid of because we don't like them um this was maybe even more borderline than that and that it was like the player put himself in this position and you don't want to reward reckless playing because then, I mean, do you want that kind of level of hit in hockey at that spot? I also, I think the location on the ice is important in this one because it's at a spot where a forward with its head down is going to get blown up, but there's some bodies in the way and Meyer just doesn't see Truba coming and he's got his head down you know, he's relying on his peripheral vision, but there are too many obstructions. And so he just doesn't see him. And like half of me was just like, well, this is just, what do you call it? Professional risk. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if it were a John Claude Van Damme movie, it'd be called maximum risk. <laughs> um, Yeah. Anyways, uh, so the Devils end up winning that series. They're playing the Canes now in the second round. Yeah, they dominated that game seven. It was oh boy, four yeah, nothing. It was bad. It was just like, wow. Okay, that's that's a bummer uh, for the Rangers. Yeah, um, and you know Ger- Gerard Gallant will spend the summer like casually dismissing calls for his head. Yeah, I mean. When James Dolan is your boss, you really do never fucking know, right? Um, Winnipeg and the Golden Knights. The uh, Peggers. Uh, this series started off by being the most interesting series and then quickly devolved into Vegas just kind of owning it. Yeah. yeah. It was a classic, like, first round maybe series that turned into a, a bloodbath. Uh Speaking of bloodbath, Mark Barron notable in that he got 
his face cut in half by a goalie skate in just a complete freak play. Like there's a scrum in front of the net goalies diving back one way for the puck and his face gets like driven into the goalie skate. Um, he, it's like, guess how many fucking stitches this guy had. And it's, it's going to be more. Yeah. 75 to be exact. And, um, return to the game. Yeah. Medical miracle. I want to know exactly like what products they used, you know, like to seal him up. Was that just all emergency stitches? Probably some liquid stitches. Uh, right. He's like, uh, he's sewed together like Frankenstein to get back up on the bench. Like this is certainly looked like it. Yeah. Has only jokes after the game. That was the other thing (laughs) there when asked for comment, he said, uh, you know, what, what were you thinking after you got hit? And he said, mostly I was just trying to figure out if the puck was in the net or not. <laughs> what a more hockey player answer can you have than that? Um, you know, as we stated, this game, this series got boring real quick. Yeah. Uh, I, I think- only watched part of game two and was like, oh, Vegas figured this out. Okay. I think that's partially because uh, the rock star Morrissey. Uh, the defenseman for for the Peggers was out. Uh, yeah, he that, had a lower body injury that didn't look like much, and then he skated to the dressing room and never returned to the series. Like that sucks when your best defenseman just leaves. Yeah, having the best year of his career too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Winnipeg definitely knows something about their best defenseman just up and leaving, <clears throat> or getting traded in New York. And uh, th- yeah, and <laughs> the other thing is like Neil Pionk. Their other just war hardened defenseman. I mean, talk about an underrated defenseman. Pionk. Yeah, for sure. Pionk. Uh, he, he may or may not still be skating around the world. Um, he just, he started skating and he just didn't stop. He's the, uh, the Forrest Gump. Of, exactly. Of, of skaters. I just started skating. Oh, uh, that was more Bill Clinton than yeah, it was. But, uh, whatever. You're gonna play saxophone after that. Um, yeah, Neil Pyong played saxophone for 41 minutes and eight seconds in Game Three. That's stupid. Holy fuck! <laughs> that's just an insane amount of NHL ice time. Like, like he lived in an ice bath for the next two days. Yeah, that is more than two thirds of a standard game. I, that game went to overtime, so I think but it, it's inflated. But whatever, it's just that's stupid. Yeah. Um, also notable in this series, Rick Bonus, Rick Bonass, uh, threw his team under the bus after a game five series ending loss uh, publicly uh, saying, well, this is going to be short and sweet. So let's get at it. And then saying he was disgusted and saying they had no pushback, Um, which wasn't wrong. Like his team kind of farted out one. Well, at the same time, it's the one seed versus the eight seed. Like, right. Yeah. And that that's was the other thing. That's supposed to go unless you're the Bruins or the Panthers. Like, foreshadowing. I, like, but the thing Winnipeg, is. Winnipeg sucked down the, down the stretch. 
Well, they squeaked sucked into down the, the playoffs. They sucked down the stretch, but looked like they had some potential at times. Um, well, they had a great start to the year, but they just fell apart. And it's but they also have a bunch of star power, a bunch of aged, underperforming star power, and so you can see how this team and fan base may have been deluding themselves. Oh, apparently um, their coach was. <laughs> well, I think maybe their coach is the sanest guy in the room. I think that's that's my uh, kind of take. Is like actually he knows what's up and it's fucking like Blake Wheeler and that whole thing that like even Paul Stasny talked shit about his old team. They were just like kind of also through the leadership under the bus. And you've seen, you know, like PLD wants out. He's just kind of a hired gun. Well, he's just always wanted to play for Montreal. Right. He's like the, at this point he's like the Wagner group of the fucking NHL. <laughs> Um, so needless to say, the Knights won that series. They are now up one game to nothing on the Edmonton Oilers. That first, uh, we'll get to this later. Fuck it. Um, the Leafs won a series. Uh, the Leafs won a series. They're probably not going to win their second one. <laughs> doesn't look that way. It doesn't look great, but they won a series. We so. get to put this joke to bed. Uh, which uh, now that they're getting slaughtered in the second <laughs> in the second round, I'm kind of upset about. Yeah, but now they've handed off the like embarrassment of their long mired existence in playoff purgatory. Yeah, and you know, uh, it wasn't a particularly interesting series. It was just kind of uh like Tampa came out and won the first game and everybody was like, Oh, same old Leafs. And then the Leafs won like the next three games. And it was like, Oh, okay. Right. They kind of turned on the jets and Tampa couldn't skate with them this year because they're getting older and well, and they've played so much more hockey than yeah. everybody else. <laughs> they've played a full, like 25% more hockey than any of these playoff teams. Yeah, they they needed the rest. They should they shouldn't have allowed Tampa in. They're like, no, just rest your bodies, go home. It also didn't help that uh, Michael Bunting maybe inadvertently took out Eric Chernak, one of their better defensive defensemen, with uh, a bad head hit, but one I think that was inadvertent. Yeah, and you know the Wheel of Doom gave him three games. <laughs> all of the doom like uh there's if you're gonna give that three games you better be giving other people games um but it more just looked like bunting went to throw a hit missed got got Chernak's head and like bunting doesn't have a history uh, he's got a history of being kind of a douchebag. So he doesn't, that's the thing. He and doesn't have a, a history besides like, he doesn't have a history besides like taking social security and uh, working the refs, but he's spent- he actually has more history than most NHL players because he's really fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no history of dirty hits. And I mean, this was, this was just a bad miss. I think I thought it was a one gamer. What was kind of crazy is that then he came back and was instantly healthy scratched because I think they realized maybe he's a bit of a liability. Yeah. And in the playoffs, you know, you 
don't want to take those kinds of chances. So you, <laughs> yeah, but also, um, Leafs fans literally booed the refs like in before, during game one, they, they specifically chanted like refs, you suck before anything had happened. Well, I mean, then they got what they deserved. Yeah. It, it feels like this was more than this hit, I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, one game, I think that was absolutely deserved. Three games could have been the whole series as far as the Department of Player Unsafety would could guess. Like, I don't know. Well, but at any rate. They've cost him a shit ton of money by scratching him afterwards, too. Good. Um, at any rate, that series was pretty boring. The Leafs won. I, I, uh, I kind of enjoyed that it won on like this just random ass John Tavares overtime goal. Yeah. Just him getting like the greasy goal to seal it. The uh, last, well, next to last series, uh, the Kraken and the Avs. Um, I, I really don't need to talk about this series all that much except for Val Nichuskin. Oh, wait. Uh, there's a lot to talk about no no no, no. Like, i i honestly i don't even like give a shit about the rest of the things that happened in this series i appreciate bringing, i appreciate bringing that to the front let's let's go there first <laughs> uh so it was uh game three game mm-hmm. two yeah uh before game three the avs are in seattle and the team decides that they need to go looking for Val Nachuskin because he's nowhere to be found. They go into his hotel room and there's a Russian woman named Irina named Irina who uh, strikes part of the the Avs medical staff and with a closed fist punch. They didn't find her in the room. They found her in the lobby. And uh, Val's nowhere to be found. And he, I think he was in the room. Yeah. And so she gets arrested or at least escorted out of the building uh, because she struck that the Avs medical staff. Who later decided not to press, not charges, to press charges. Which is nice of them. Um, um, but yeah, uh, <coughs> Val Nachuskin is ferried away by Team staff and uh never to be seen again yeah he's just <laughs> they they rendered his ass so, back to colorado so like they, you come home now son so they uh effectively so they paid him handsomely this off season huge huge monies and uh What the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, he delivered when he played. Um, there's this, a huge what the fuck going on. Oh, here. yeah. There's a huge what the fuck. Partially because of just the lack of information. Yeah. We, we only know this because of the police report that was filed mm-hmm. when Irina struck the Avs medical staff. And also um, she uh, said some things that suggested that maybe she was involved in some sort of trafficking. Uh, she said she was Ukrainian, but of Russian descent and that someone else had her passport. Um, that's about all we got out of her besides being real 
drunk. What? Th- that's the, the other thing. Fuck? I think that's the other thing. She was irate and drunk at like two in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so this I think might just leapfrog. Uh. Robin Lane or snakes as <laughs> the wildest thing to come out of the NHL this season. Yeah. In that there's so much more to it, um, that we don't know yet. Our, or my kind of supposition is like this woman was some sort of sex worker and, uh, she was headed to his room to help him relax before his game. And she ended up being, um, I don't know, not up for the task, too inebriated. Like maybe he did something to piss her off. Who the fuck knows? Next thing you know, she's throwing haymakers in the lobby of a hotel. And so Val Nachuskin never played again for the Avs in that series. Yeah. I mean, she shut him down like she was philip deneau and like she legitimately or you could feel his loss in that abs team because mm-hmm. like he's they had no more star players he's a great player <laughs> and you know they're already missing gabe landeskog mm-hmm. so like and they, they missed kale mccarr for they, a game they never replaced uh nazem kadri archery so, lekkanen's like do i gotta do this myself uh and no like it was the Miko Ranton and, it was and Nathan the, McKinnon yeah. show. Like even McCarr had a bad series, but yeah, and, like, and McKinnon had a couple good games, but the only reason they, that series went seven was because of Miko and Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Like Lekkonen was like the lone depth star, I yeah. guess depth star. Depth, sure. Whatever. So like when, at the end of game seven, when the Avs pull their goalie and decide to go for it, JT Comfer's the guy that's coming on the ice. And don't get me wrong, JT Comfer's a very solid hockey player. But he's predominantly a defensive forward. And he's also not the dude that you throw out there when you're looking for extra juice at the end of a game. You know who might no. be? Val Nechuskin. Yeah. So, uh, Am I saying Val Nechuskin's sundry actions cost him cost the Avs a series? No, they played pretty poorly. Seattle played well. Um, did it impact it? Absolutely. And now the Kraken are in round two. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, if I'm going to go Tucker Carlson, R.I.P., and uh, just suppose wild things. One would suppose that maybe someone employing Irina might have been a Kraken fan and uh, decided we were going to send our, our best defensive forward that day. <laughs> that's that's some deep state shit right there. Yeah, that's that's what Tucker Carlson would say. Uh, the last series. Not saying it happened. Not saying it didn't happen either. <laughs> the last series that we have to talk about here is the obvious one. The Bruins. And the Panthers, the Impact Kitties. Oh, baby, um, the uh, the low impact kitties. I, if Keith Kachuk is to be believed, like I honestly, I don't have a lot to say about this that hasn't already been said. It's just like 
and granted the Panthers have looked really good in the two games versus the Leafs so far, but I'm not so sure that the Panthers beat the Bruins rather than the Bruins beat the Bruins. Oh, absolutely. It looked like, a fucking loot. It looked I mean, like they were playing not to lose instead of playing to win after getting up three, one. Yes, absolutely. They, they decided, okay, you know, they went into rest mode almost and they just started to play poorly. Um, missing passes that this team makes regularly, just not looking like the same team. The second that they get the advantage. I mean, they looked like the, the classical Leafs that won 12 straight games with, a chance to knock an opponent out of the playoffs. Um, lost 12 straight games. Did I say that? You yeah. said one. Oh, sorry. Lost. <clears throat> they look like the classical Leafs meme uh, that lost 12 straight games with the chance to knock an opponent out of the playoffs. Um, the only player on that team who looked like, he had that fire was Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah. He made Boston love him real fucking fast. Tyler Bertuzzi just got paid. And most importantly, he, he got his stick. Yeah. He, he stole. Yeah. Stole a stick, tried brought to it to the it. bench with him and just broke it. No, he tried to break it. Couldn't. And when he couldn't, he set it down and the ref came by, picked it up and gave it back. Oh really? Yeah. It oh, was I- completely ridiculous. Like, Bertuzzi's on the bench trying to like smash this stick on the ground, can't do it, and just goes and sets it down. Yeah, that was maybe like one of the high points in the series when you like thought you were recording, you know, cute moments for the documentary. Uh, You had one kind of failed breakaway with a couple of seconds left that Brad Marchand missed by an inch that feels like now the pivot of the whole operation. Especially because Boston played terribly in overtime. Yeah, and played terribly, particularly from the goaltender position, um, which was another recurring theme in this meltdown of the Bruins series and you know as we do the post-mortem that's one of the big things that I'm pushing towards is the fact that you had Linus Olmark who was amazing for a certain amount of time um but was injured and and looked injured uh comes out after the series is over is injured like you have Jeremy Swayman right there the Swayman himself waiting in the wings for precisely this moment. And you don't give him the goal crease until game seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's some bad coaching by Jim Montgomery here. For it sure. was bad coaching from the probably coach of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> like that, that's regular season coach of the year for sure. Yeah. Post-season, can they take so the much? Jack Adams for that? Because I would. Uh, so yeah, like that's that's the recap, right? Like the Bruins 
played not to lose and lost. And, yeah, and also when you do that in the uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you will lose. And Matt Kachuk went fucking max swag. He, Just, he he chewed that team up like they were a mouth guard. Yeah. Uh, and spit them out like while well, they were a mouth guard. <laughs> exactly. Um, he had an overtime winner. And just so much, you know, assisted on the eventual series clinching overtime winner. Um, the Bruins thought they had game seven. They took a third period lead off an awesome Pasternak play. Um, and then one Brandon Montour snipe later, and you have the entire Boston crowd just silent. Yeah, Boston Garden lost its voice and and, and even you, in overtime it was not loud right it was like they and that's not like me poo-pooing boston fans it's just like no. it's like they, they all cumulatively realized what was about to happen right and i know that feeling as a bears fan in my heart and it's not fun <laughs> i don't know you know if we have a much of a requiem for sort of the unthinkable when the the greatest regular season hockey team of all time falls in a relatively hard fought game seven. It's hard to compare it to the Tampa blue Jackets series of not many years past where Tampa gets swept in the first round of the playoffs because that was a lot of luck and kind of smacked of like Tampa's exhaustion and lack of physicality. This Bruins thing was more of like, as you said earlier, is the Bruins beating the Bruins. They, they fumbled the bag. Um, I, I want them to take another crack at it. A la the Tampa example. I'll just say this. Patrice Bergeron's end game where he hugged every single player coming off the ice. And then him and Brad Marchand cried together on the ice. Yeah. It didn't look like it. I think he's done. I think Patrice Bergeron's done. He knows he's done. Rumor has it. He was playing with a herniated disc. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the other thing. Like, did they maybe do themselves a disservice by playing him in his full role? Uh, I don't know. You know, I think he still played pretty well. I, I don't think that's the key. I think no, the, he didn't yeah. look like he was hurting them it, because it was just like everything stopped working all at once. It's like all of your like little passes that you make every day, they just weren't fucking working. Their yeah, their zone exits were awful all of a sudden. Their zone entries were awful all of a sudden. Where they just didn't have it. Like, yeah, it's, and it like sometimes it just boils down to that they just didn't have it. And and it's crazy. And it I mean, that's that's playoff hockey, right? It just sometimes goes sideways, and you never know. And you never know if this one one more goal that could have been scored by the Bruins at any given time in three games, you know, one more goal. That's crazy. Uh, so. The kitties moved on, and as Evan so boldly put it in the uh, uh, in our script for today, 
the kitties were they were sleeping during the regular <laughs> season, but now they're up and they want to play, and they are they're up to nothing on the Leafs here in the second round. Right. Uh, we watched the end of game two before we started recording. Um, the Leafs look bad, and Bobrovsky looks like Bobrovsky from like four years ago. It's crazy. Like it's like he came back from vacation. It's like he really like there was a like a cardboard cutout playing goalie for yeah the right Panthers for the last two years, and then all of a sudden he's just like, oh guys, I'm back. Wow, what did I miss? They're like two fucking years, Bob, and he's like, oh, I play goalie now. Yeah, is that's why Spencer Knight is like in mental health care is because he's like, no, that's a. That's a cardboard cutout. That's a cardboard cutout. No, that's Sergei Bobrovsky. He's like, no. They've been gaslighting Spencer Knight not to make light of mental health issues in any way, shape, or form. But that's pretty funny. Um, Yeah, so uh, the Leafs are down 2 0, which. Good, I guess. They've been close ish games. I don't don't want the Leafs to win the cup. No, but... Because I don't want to deal with Leafs fans. All of a sudden, the soft, soft kittens look like the 120-point President's Winning Cup trophy team from last year. And it's like the Bruins just like passed them the President's Cup torch. <laughs> they were just like, uh, you take care of the Leafs this year. <laughs> we normally do. It's your turn. Yeah. Make sure to beat them up while you're doing it. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah... It, Sasha Barkov is back. Uh, it was sort of like an APB out for him because he had like one point anything, in yeah, the last man. series. And, uh, you know, they put his Aphex twin looking mugshot on the, on every signpost. Um, but he got a goal today. Good so, for him. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, the Kraken and Dallas are uh, at the end of period two right now in game two. And the Dallas is up three to one. Um, game one was the Joe Pavelski almost hero show, uh, four goals. Uh, he's probably the oldest dude to ever do that in a playoff game. Yeah. Joe Pavelski, longtime sufferer on San Jose got knocked out and apparently came back better. We will rebuild him. We we have the technology. He's RoboCop. <laughs> uh, RoboCop that tips pucks like he's a robot because he scored two of his four goals on tips. Insane. Like Sidney Crosby, like making Sidney Crosby go, oh, that was good. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you know, some of it is master. just some of it is some luck, but some of a lot of it is skill and knowing where you are on the ice and just fucking getting your stick on the puck in weird places get your stick on the puck and it might go in yeah and uh another one of his goals was you know he just beat the defender back to the puck back to the goal and got a rebound like the dude still got it whereas his contemporaries on the sharks almost cup teams are long since retired they're retired or well the sharks suck um (laughs) Uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand uh, is blowing up these playoffs, which is good to see. Honestly, like, yeah, all he, of a sudden he looks uh, unstoppable. He he of the probably hating John Tortorella <laughs> uh, thread. Uh, you know, he's he's one of many. One of the um, many offensive players shut down by John Tortorella's 
defensive system. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's having a, a, a coming out party, a glow up party out there in Seattle, uh, Jersey and Carolina. Um, Carolina uh, beat the shit out of him, honestly, in that first game. But much like the Rangers series, it'll be interesting to see how Carolina handles New Jersey's speed over an extended series. Yeah, I mean, Carolina of having their own speed, too. Um, they're just missing a lot of their star players. Like, yep. you know, we... Teravainen, Sveshnikov. Right, they're fast as fuck star players. Uh, Teravainen, whose nickname is Turbo. Yeah, and well, Svechnikov's not extremely fast, but he's extremely skilled, and he lays the wood, which is important in a playoff series. And so, oh, I think of him as him, as, as a speed, yeah, play, factor too. Yeah. Uh, so Carolina's up one nothing in that series. Game two will be tomorrow. Um, Edmonton, Vegas, uh, Drysidle watched Joe Pavelski score four goals and was like. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one of those, please. I do that and drive Volkswagen. I'll have um, what he's having. Uh, he uh, he scored four goals, also in a losing effort. Um, and so, uh, honestly, Vegas out Edmonton, Edmonton in that game. They're like, oh, yeah. you like to score goals? We're going to score six. <laughs> and like Ivan Barbashev was everywhere. Uh, yeah. Like, talk about a trade. Deadline what a great win. pickup that's proven to be. Um, it's, it's just honestly, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's one game, so we'll see where it goes, but uh, Vegas looked really good. So, I mean, it, it yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's what I got. Vegas looked really good. We'll see how Edmonton steps up. So do you have any specific takeaways from the first round and change of this year's playoffs? Uh, I mean, we're out the last two Stanley cup champions and the president's trophy winning team are all out. So underdogs day, it's an underdogs day, but. I mean, at the same time, maybe we're seeing some sort of passing of the guard, like New Jersey moved on over an aging Rangers team. Uh, the Kraken moved on. Oh, well, I mean, like the Avs aren't old by any stretch of the imagination, but like, no, but you know, the Kraken are a, a new team, quote unquote. And so uh, that that's a, a big step. Um, I think it it's more like, transposing sine waves than like changing of the guard i think that like, sounds like math like tampa will be back they were just tired yeah. and like the abs will be back they were just injured um or locked in a hotel room in colorado and not allowed <laughs> to come out <laughs> yes and they took his cell phone they're like no calling anybody else <laughs> you did this to yourself val <laughs> um so yeah it the other thing is uh, what even are goalies uh honestly uh sorokin's out shesterkin's out vasilevsky's out hellebuck's out uh yeah like why pay a goalie a bunch of money if uh you can pay jake ottinger like five million and just let him go to work. Ottinger's the 
cream of the goalie crop left. The other one is Akira Schmidt. Apparently, yeah. Um, all of a sudden, unstoppable. All this, of a sudden, like twenty twenty six year old that was playing in like the USHL like two years ago. Yeah, he <laughs> watched his namesake movie and decided I can do that. <laughs> I can just have tentacles stop pucks. Yeah, it. Um, I don't even know. Uh, goaltending is so weird to have basically only backups and also rands left is wild. I mean, we once thought Jordan Bennington was good. So I mean, sure. anything can happen. Yeah. Like Philip Grubauer deciding, Hey I, guys, I'm, I'm good again. I, you know what I want to do? I want to beat the team that cast me off. Yeah. Or Laurent Brossois, uh, deciding, yeah, I want to beat the, previous two teams i've played for as a giant fuck you (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i don't really have any thoughts all that much i'm unfortunately gonna be uh away for the next week and Mm -hmm. so i will probably not watch any hockey and i am super bummed going to a hockey list place a lifeless place yeah uh anyways um we got some quick hits imagine if you did that for the the first round and you were you were a you're a bruins fan and you're like yeah i'm just gonna hey guys you know, what I'm happened? Gonna, you know i'm just gonna take the first round off i don't like, know, i don't have uh yeah you know i'll gonna, just catch up to you in the second round yeah i'm gonna go to zion for for a week you know no big deal yeah you know it's spring so it's not deathly hot there yet perfect uh some quick hits here um Julio Ree and Bob Dawson both received uh, honorary doctorate degrees from their respective uh, universities that they both played at. Um, both were pioneers for hockey players of color. Uh, Willie O'Ree with the Bruins, Bob Dawson uh, for St. Mary's University. And it's awesome to see that. Awesome to see these guys get some recognition. Uh, basically, anytime you can get one of them in front of the microphone is good. And so I appreciate both of these universities taking time to do it. Uh, yeah, this was really cool to see. Uh, in sad news, Peter Klima uh, passed away at the age of 58. Peter Klima, probably most known for scoring uh, an overtime uh, game one winner in the 1990 Stanley cup finals against the Bruins for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, that was the only non Wayne Gretzky cup that the Oilers won. Uh, I, I think the most interesting part about Peter Klima though, is he was drafted by the Red Wings in 84 and was playing for the Czech national team, which at the time was behind the iron curtain and the Czech national team went to West Germany to play in a tournament. And Peter Klima just basically walked out of the arena what? and was met by two staff members of the Red Wings. And they got him on a plane and got him to the U.S. He was one of the original kind of defector hockey players who got out of the USSR and had a relatively stellar NHL career. Uh, he had a, he was a 40 goal scorer, uh, won a Stanley Cup, uh, played for the uh, Red Wings, the Oilers. Uh, was I'm not sure if he was an inaugural member of the Lightning, but he played very early on in the Lightning's existence. 
um, but passes away at 58 years of age back in his native Czechoslovakia. Um, and, you know, we just wanted to say a, a quick note about his passing and as somebody who was really one of those early defectors out of uh, what was then the the communist hockey machine. Some good news. Uh, Andre Texier is going to rejoin the Blue Jackets next season. Took time off from the team to deal with some personal, I think it was family issues. I forget exactly. Uh, I think it was a mental health. Yeah, I think it was kind of both. Like he went home for kind of mental health reasons. He played in Switzerland this year. Um, Craig Anderson retired. This was several weeks ago now, but I wanted to kind of bring it forward because he's one of the uh, hardiest goaltenders out there. And uh, one of the better of his generation of American goaltenders. And he got to go out with an OT win and like hug his children and wife on the way out in ways that every player just dreams that they can do. You know, if you're going to play a last game, you get to know when it is and you get to dictate it and you get to say goodbye and all the, meaningful sentimental ways and uh yeah happy trails to craig anderson does he want to play for our roller team <laughs> yeah uh can we can we bring him out you know we know some buffalo people they'd they can maybe have some sway <clears throat> um also interesting uh ivan miroshnichenko miroshnichenko uh has his KHL contract terminated and signed his, his entry level deal with the caps. Uh, he was a first round pick, I believe two years ago. Um, and so he's going to come over and beef up the, the last resistance of the, the Ovechkin era. Yeah. Most importantly, the caps decided like, Oh, we don't have any Russian players on our team anymore because we traded Dmitry Orlov. And uh, I think Kuznetsov is like, bound to be a free agent this year so they're like we need we need a teddy bear for alex um yeah it, it's it's always interesting when one of these russian players is able to get over to um to the u.s right. kind of early without having to like play out their entire career we watched kirill kaprizov have mm-hmm. to play out his uh, his contract in the khl yeah or uh, you know also talking about like Pat Vane Michkov, like moving forward into the draft, one of the top top five top guys, skaters. Yeah. But you wonder when you actually get him um, because right now is about the closest thing we've had in our lifetimes to a USSR uh, since like the beginning of my lifetime. Yeah. Um, you want to do the next one? I don't know. What that's about. <clears throat> uh, Bo Horvat um, of the dearly departed from the playoffs. New York Islanders in the lead up to the playoffs talked some accidental, not accidental shit to the Islanders fans after a game um, saying in a re- response to a question, I think about just the playoff atmosphere. It was like, Oh, you know, we haven't had this in Vancouver meaning the playoffs at all. Um, but every Vancouver fan that had seen, you know, their star player, him depart, um, just went sad eyes immediately. <laughs> um, and then he walked it back with, with, you know, some, some softener after the fact, but, uh, yeah, safe to say a whole lot of people gone from Vancouver. Very happy about it. Rachel Dory was right. Yeah. Uh, 
The city of Calgary, the province of Alberta, and the Calgary Flames have reached an agreement on a new arena slash event center or district in Calgary. Uh, they will be replacing the aged Saddle Dome, uh, which is pushing, I think, 38 years, 35 years, somewhere around there. It's right around the same age I am, honestly. I kind of like architecturally really like the saddle dome because it's just of a period like it's a brutal, oh for sure it's a brutalist stadium you know there there are only so many of those and uh we're all you know, this one is not long for this world because i think it like floods and it's like one of the worst stadiums ever for press yeah, you have to you have to walk across the gangway over <laughs> the ice on this like rickety platform to get to the press booth. Right, it's and fucking like triggering just to like see a yeah. video of it. Yeah, I saw a video of it earlier this season. I was like, nope, nope, I'm good. To imagine that like press people have to do this, I don't know. It, Who it's are like, like shit usually I would do. like old white men who like have bad hips. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. But yeah, it kind of feels like you're going on an architecture construction visit anytime you go watch the Calgary Flames from the press box. Um, <clears throat> Got to wear a hard hat and high viz. Uh, Patrick Laine donated a bunch of money, $52,000 for every point he earned this season. Um, so he probably should have been more at like a $75,000 pace. But uh, let's... He took this opportunity to to peg a donation to that uh, because it was kind of low. <laughs> yeah, for him, anyway. Sorry, that's a terrible joke. But uh, gave it to the community shelter board in uh, Columbus to fight homelessness. And that's going to do a lot of great work. Yeah, or, I mean, $52,000. That money goes a long ways. Those, yeah, exactly. Those... Uh, organizations are so good at spreading money mm -hmm. as thinly as possible in order to make the dollar stretch as far as they can. And mm -hmm. so like, that's, that's a huge amount of money, no matter how you slice it. You know, who else <laughs> has to make a dollar really spread uh, the coyotes. Oh, and, and their fans. Yeah. Uh, they want to see them live. <laughs> the, the NHL made a curious and I kind of, find kind of awesome decision after finding out more about it um, to put a preseason game in Australia. Yeah. This is a weird one. You going to go Mike? No. Yeah. Because uh, prices to the game approach prices for like a fucking round trip fare there from the West coast. It's stupid expensive. I mean, I didn't quite realize this, but Australia in general is like stupid expensive, uh, like it, it, like living in a, in one of their smaller cities is like living in fucking Manhattan. It's like well, you you live in a little box and pay a bajillion dollars for it. I, I didn't realize that. And all of their people are fucking insane. That's what happens when you start out life as a prison colony, right? And also what happens when you need to just like run from giant spiders and shit all the time. Like you get jumpy. And emus. Yeah. yeah, the Kings will play them. What could be interesting is if Gary's balls fall in his favor, this might be our first chance to see Connor Bedard on TV. We'll have to get up real early for it mm -hmm. um, or stay up really late. Speaking of hockey in more hockey, normal environs, uh, 
The Red Wings, Wild, Sens, and Leafs will be headed to Sweden for this year's Global Series. So last year, the league sent the Sharks and the Preds mm-hmm. to Europe. Um, this seems like uh, bringing a couple of your bigger guns here. <laughs> a little bit. And also uh, teams that have... Lots at, of Swedes. Yeah, lots of Swedes and also histories of, of yeah. lots of Swedes. So, I mean... They probably have done their demographics research, and they, they're like, "Oh yeah, uh, we're gonna send the Red Wings." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They they probably uh, were like, "Oh, we're gonna have a parade of all of the Swedish players who ever played for the Red Wings." We don't have three days, guys. Um, <laughs> this is how how about we just bring out Nick Lindstrom? Yeah, their <laughs> their alumni game is just like a public skate. <laughs> Their alumni game is actually the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame rapper Snoop Dogg uh, has thrown his name into the the mix for buying the Ottawa Senators. That's a good pun because the mix is uh, of investors is led or at least partially includes a producer that he knows from L.A. And so that's how apparently Snoop got into this Snoop. Longtime hockey fan. Um, it's been a Kings fan for a long time, yeah. Yeah, uh, but also made like the Robo Penguins jersey infamous in a music video. Yep. Um, he went on this week to have some pointed but perfect criticism of the league, basically saying, why is Connor McDavid not a household name everywhere? He's not wrong. And it's like... He's 100% right, actually. Did you just fucking change the whole game? Yeah. You He may not even win the fucking bid. Yeah. You know, it, it could go to... Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds and, and company. Like, that's... I don't think they're on the same team, right? No, I don't yeah, believe they're, so. They're part of bitter packages for, for the Senators. Um, and... Oh, my God. Like, I thought I wanted Ryan Reynolds as a team owner i want snoop dog yeah uh snoop dog uh he also did commentary i think it was nhl 20 nhl 20 nhl 22 uh he is like a guest commentator on that game is he really yeah it's amazing you just <laughs> he got, comes in you just the, got to sell it. he comes in on the second the second period and they like announce him they're like and they bring him up in the conversation and so he can say things <laughs> it's amazing uh it, it, i i really only hope that that video game can also put in kodak black <laughs> kodak black will forever be in the lore of the florida panthers yeah what a good omen right and elsewhere in random hockey news uh zidane chara uh, participated in the boston marathon he did really well he, he finished in just under four strides but Okay, by f- it, it, he finished in like three hours, 38 minutes. Yeah, but he's really tall. That's the joke. Come on, mm-hmm. guys. Come, come on, on. Come on. Come on. That's it for us today. Uh, this is going to be a doozy to edit, but... It's going to be a marathon of an episode. You know what? I think I'm going to... I, I think I'll, I'll make it. Um, I think you will, too. Thanks to everyone that's been with us for this journey so far. We're proud to announce that we've eclipsed 3,000 listens. Which is bananas. Yeah, uh, really And I don't even like bananas, but this is bananas. (laughs) That means that you have downloaded 
more than 3,000 hours of us blathering about hockey. And I really appreciate that. And I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we'd give you a receipt if we could. But we really enjoy putting this out. And we love that other people are starting to more and more enjoy this with us. We have some interesting things in the works coming at you shortly. So please stay tuned for that, including more long-form articles, maybe some merchandise, and, you know, maybe just some more, like, random Twitter rants. I don't know. Evan might get our, our Handsome Hockey Podcast Twitter blocked again. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll get a TikTok this week. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we both become pigs that fly. Who knows? I'd be down with that. Can I still play hockey in that scenario when I'm a pig that flies? I assume... Whenever I hear like pigs flying, I go to like the Pink Floyd album cover. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm just a just a pig dirigible. I'm just floating up above everything, yeah, particularly I... the London Modern Art Museum. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for spending time with us for hell two plus years now. If you are looking to spend more time with us, and not even our significant others want that, but thank you for <laughs> any, anyways. HandsomeHockey.com is the website uh, where you can find the uh, aforementioned Hillary Knight long form and others as they come to fruition. We are at Handsome Hockey Podcast on Instagram, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter, HandsomeHockeyPod at gmail.com if you fancy sending us your your bitter rants. If they're anything like the ones I receive at work, I will laugh while reading them. <laughs> uh, we've got the Handsome Hockey Facebook page and our YouTube page. That's a reminder to update the YouTube page. You can do it. Oh, I can I, do it. I believe in you. I appreciate your belief in myself. Yeah, and you know what? We appreciate everybody else's belief in us even if you don't believe in us you know you've somehow listened to us and that's weird um but yeah that'd be weird if you didn't believe in us and you just like we're still listening to us now. Like, i fucking hate these guys let's see but what I'm, they gotta say this week yeah i'm gonna make it all the way to the end like it's fucking ferris bueller go home no really like get out of here okay i'll see you later thanks everybody stay handsome everybody rest about to limon <laughs>